pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. So that was better than last week, Steve. I have to apologise to you for last week. Um, I... I mean, I, I, I should have known. I'd been down the pub all afternoon um, and I thought I could get away with it. Turns out that the show that you edited last week did require some further edits from me. <laughs> did it? <laughs> after, after you'd handed it back, I said, I dropped Phil. That's how I, we were chatting. Uh, I dropped Phil and I going, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said some of those things. <laughs> he handed it over. He handed it over and he said... Um, it's two minutes shorter than, than the broadcast. <laughs> the, sorry, no, no, not two minutes shorter than the broadcast. Version. It was two minutes shorter than it was. I went, yeah, I shouldn't have said a lot of things. So, <laughs> so I love it, Lester. I haven't been drinking today. Sober. sober. The thing is, sober. Um, this week was going to be a perfect reversal of last week's show because, as I said on the show this week, on Thursday, uh, I went to the cricket. And it's a four-day match. And oh. on Friday and Saturday, I went, on to, went to the cricket. Fortunately, yesterday, the cricket ended. Surrey won um, in three days, so I didn't get to go to the cricket today. So yeah, there was no was... sporting drinking for me. Uh, that would have been Phil, would have been sort of putting pressure on the players, <laughs> saying, listen, you've you got to get this done, I can't go through that again. Um, it's a good show. Uh, we had some technical challenges, obviously, because I, towards the end, I made what an excellent joke. Did you? And you must not have heard it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that I think it's going to come across as just being as you, well. It's going to come across as you being rude. You just didn't. You just didn't. <laughs> because I think the line must have dropped to your end. I was quite pleased with that. Actually, all right. What, maybe, I, what, maybe, what I wanted was a stee giggle. A all right. Stee giggle. Should we do some? There was just silence. Should we do some now? We can splice them in. Like, no, you're all right. All right. I, 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 just... um, I, I had something I wanted to say, which I don't know okay. whether we can say. Yeah, let's do it. But and then Phil can cut it out. But okay, you can, because um, it it refers it it's it, it's a well, it's a callback to something the listeners to this intro won't have heard yet. So it's called okay. forward, yep. to the last thing we'll say on the show. But we had a lovely time with Charles Cecil, didn't we? In uh, at GDC, very very enjoyable time. Really really good time. And then you can cut it here if this anecdote. <laughs> Is inappropriate. <laughs> do you know what I'm going to say? I do know what you're going to say. I have to say, uh, your anecdote last week, um, I'd already told the uh, the Uber Eats in McDonald's story to Kate previously. Uh-huh. Obviously not as well as you, because she really? said, oh, I don't think I appreciated the magnitude of what Jason did um, until I heard it on the show, is what she said to me earlier. Um, I told that anecdote at the cricket as well to someone who obviously doesn't listen to the show. Unbelievable. And- Told it, told that story, and he laughed so hard that some men started looking at us. Uh, you know, got to be a little bit quiet at the cricket. Uh, and and then later, after lunch, he came back and he said, "I'm still thinking about that." <laughs> I know, Dude, but but uh, after his lunch, why didn't he then do it at the cricket and be <laughs> the guy that everybody then talks about? <laughs> Um, so thinking about no thinking about this, I, I think it will be cut. Let's not say it. Should we not say it? Let's not say it. Okay. Let's just ha- let's just have it in the same way that we that we talk about the um, goat puzzle. Mm-hmm. There is the Charles anecdotes, all right? Okay. And then that 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 can be the thing. And one okay. day we might, you know, I, I let's let, let we could let, get him to do it at a live yeah. event. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Fine. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the show very much uh, this week. Thank you for that. Uh, I hope the listeners do too. Um, I, I do want to say, I'm sorry, Steve, uh, I, uh, we put episode one of another podcast I do out this week now uh, called the Trolley Problem Inc. podcast. Uh, episode one with Ravs went out this week. I'd urge you to listen to it. It's If you like One Life Left, it's like that, but not as good, but with other bits that are good in it. Um <laughs> Uh, and the trolley problem ring comes out on Thursday uh, and if you're a fan of uh, being asked awful questions of which there is no right answer and then being judged on whatever thing you pick uh, do check it out comes, it comes out Thursday 6 o'clock are you paying into our advertising revenue pot for that I got February statements D 30 quid <laughs> what 30 quid I know so we got 12 on January okay. 30 quid I said to I so I joked to Sam. I said we're going to be billionaires by the end of the year, and he went ha ha. And, and I went no, if it keeps more than doubling, mm. yeah, we will. I mean, come on, do the math. We'll be able to pay, we'll be able to pay other people to do the show for us. <laughs> Good, and then you can concentrate on your trolley po- problem podcast. It's not a radio one of which show, so it's not a radio show, and one of which we were going to do with Charles, uh, <laughs> but he got COVID. He got COVID. <laughs> Uh, get well soon, Charles. All right. Um, right. That's it. Here's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Simon. How are you? Very well, thank you. This is unusual for us to do an Easter Monday show because normally we get bank holidays off. <laughs> we do. Have, uh, we done, have, we do, have we done an Easter, an Easter Monday show before? I'm not sure we have because, you know... Typically... I don't recall you dressed up in your bunny outfit before. <laughs> with your ears and your tail and your funny nose. Typically we would have been at the Resonance of M Studios, which is closed on Monday, but because we record on Sundays from our... Uh, residences me in south london you in hitchin um we don't get that time off do we simon so even though it's a bank holiday we're working out of interest why are we giving away my location and not yours i'm happy to give away my location i thought hitchin was it hitchin is narrow enough to to not pinpoint you is i live it, in is it is it is as narrow as south london i live in walworth okay <laughs> do you yeah I didn't did you know, know that. Did you know Walworth was a re- real thing? Because I didn't before I moved here. It sounds like something off EastEnders. It does. It does. But it's not. It's a real place in South yeah. London. Okay. It's where I live. Did the Was the Easter Bunny kind to the residents of Walworth? <laughs> well, uh, we did go on, uh, me and my daughter went on an Easter egg hunt this morning. My um, son used to love that phrasing at school. Really? We're going on egg well, because if you say we're going on egg hunt, or we're going on an egg hunt, I mean, it almost sounds like the worst, the worst swear word. <laughs> You've got to be careful. You got do to have careful. to be careful. We went round to uh, so there's a there's a park uh, a few streets from where I live. We went there, and uh, my partner hid some eggs around the park, and we had a, a few other kids come and join us um, to look for them. Um, and after all of the eggs had been found. Um, the kids persisted in looking in the bushes, which honestly in South London is quite a oh. <laughs> quite a high risk activity. At one point, um, one point, one of them said, "I heard one of them shriek, an egg, an egg." And me thinking all of the eggs had been found, slightly worried, so I scampered over there behind them uh, to see them uncover a small uh, bottle of uh, a small miniature bottle of vodka <laughs> left by one of the parents. <laughs> I um. <laughs> I like this idea of you um, going over to find some eggs with your daughter, but being joined by other 
South London children, like street, like street urchins in Mary Poppins <laughs> or something like that. Is that what it's like down there, is it? It's true. They call me the Pied Piper of Walworth. <laughs> Good. Easter's nice, isn't it? I'd, um, I mean, even though we've had uh, a reasonably stressful one and that the, the uh, Byron household has been plagued by illness all week, um, I'm going to understate things by saying... It's the worst stomach, in inverted commas, upset I've ever had. Um, And um, there were things happening to my body that, honestly, you know, 50 years on, still surprised me. Uh, (laughs) I had it uh, Monday. There were a couple of, you know, I, I very much enjoy working from the shed. It's quite far from the toilet, though. There were a couple of uh, Zoom calls where I nearly est myself. Um, but but I did OK. Um, I got better by Thursday, at which point my wife became ill. Um, and she's been having similar rapid uh, races to the toilets, um, which has meant that over Easter, Good Friday, Easter Saturday, Easter Sunday... I've been doing the the heavy lifting, uh, just trying to keep our daughter out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's been horrific, uh, but hopefully we're on the mend. And I hope, I hope we we are both going to be able to spend Easter uh, Monday together tomorrow. Let's uh, let's see. But it's not been nice. Mm. I, I've lost I've lost over a kilogram this week. Congratulations, Simon. <laughs> Thanks very much, the Simon Byron Diet. Um, I spent Thursday at the cricket, Simon. Okay. It was the best thing that's happened to me in a very, very long time. Uh, it was actually my first day off work in, I think, six months. And, uh, yeah, went to went to watch some cricket. And while I was at the cricket, I started thinking about a game, a video game, that had just been lodged in my head. And so I came home and I played it. So, later in the show, we'll find out what that game was and how surprising uh surprising that will be to you i mean we're friends on steam aren't we <laughs> I, I did i did see you playing something uh, earlier this week and i thought why was i thought but uh let's see let's see if it was that or if that's, your, if that's your other dirty secret <laughs> True, true, true. Uh, All right, we're a video game radio show. We do have uh, some stuff to say about video games. That will begin in a moment. With the news after the news, we will have the letters section, and then at the end of the show, we'll have some reviews. We'll also chat about other things Uh, around the show, I'm sure. Maybe some of those things will be to do with video games. Who knows? Uh, Any other business at the start of the show, Simon? No, that's it, Steve. Thanks. I think I've said too much already. Let's get on with the news. Okay, Simon, you said you'd been uh, struggling to find news this week. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Easter holes, I guess. You know, even news needs to take a break, doesn't it? But um, I I had to scroll quite far back through videogameschronicle.com earlier today to find even... I found four stories, and I was going to say four four interesting stories, and they're not all that, I'll be honest with you. Um, Hmm. So yeah, I'm not sure why. Um, it's been a it's been a four day week over here in the UK. Uh, so yeah, news news has had its feet up. <laughs> All right, um, you go first. I'll I'll follow up. Uh, Jordan Midler wrote on the 13th of April, Sony and Nintendo will take extra steps to make sure automatic renewals of their subscription services don't happen accidentally. The publishers have agreed to new measures following an investigation by the Competition and Markets Authority, it's the CMA, the UK's competition regulator. Sony will now contact long-term PlayStation Plus subscribers who haven't used the service for an unspecified time and tell them how to cancel their subscription. If users don't decide to cancel the service but continue not to actively use it, Sony will no longer take payments until the use of the service resumes. Nintendo has also changed its policy. Now, new users that sign up for Nintendo Switch Online won't have automatic renewal as the default option when joining the service. It will still be possible to turn automatic renewal for Switch Online, but it must be done after joining the service. 
Service. The CMA's Executive Director of Enforcement, Michael Grenfell, said in a statement, As a result of our investigations, a number of changes have been made across the sector to protect customers and help tackle concerns about auto-renewing subscriptions. Today's announcement, therefore, concludes our investigations into the online video gaming sector. Companies in other sectors who offer subscriptions that auto-renew should review their practices to ensure they comply with consumer protection law. There you go, Steve. Didn't, I mean, you'd hate it as a platform holder, wouldn't you, if people accidentally kept resubscribing? <laughs> yeah, that would be I don't be like awful. it when that happens. Yeah. I mean, I had assumed that this was a major part of uh, everybody's move to subscriptions, uh, is that it's lucrative, because we forget, don't we, like the Busy. number of subscriptions we've got. Um, and indeed, over the last sort of decade, while this practice has crept in, my major... Um, my main uh, way of ceasing subscriptions has been forgetting about them and then getting a notification to say my credit card details need changing because that card has expired uh, and then remembering that I was subscribed to something that I didn't want to be subscribed to and have paid for it for four or five years, uh, which indeed is <laughs> actually what's happening to our old podcast provider this week. They're, they're okay. emailing me saying... Uh, do you want to update your card details? Otherwise, you'll go into, you know, your your subscription will lapse. Um, so yeah, this is. I, I guess this is. Well, about- well, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. Are you saying that they don't listen to us? I guess not. Because surely, if they listen, they'd know that we'd moved over to a new podcast uh, host, mm. wouldn't they? Don't can we invoice that? Can we invoice <laughs> them? Um, we can certainly write them a. a you know, because we're quite loyal to them for. 14 years I think 15 years so um, it's disappointing to know that they don't listen I've got um, I've got two life insurances at the moment because I can't cancel one I basically uh, when we got the work done on the house I had to get another one out to cover the um, the extra mortgage uh, quantity and I redid it I think to, to, to get rid of um, I don't know something or other but it means anyway that, that I had one running and you have to keep that running until your second one comes in and then um, at which point you're supposed to cancel the first, right? Because you're paying, it's paying less, it's for, it's for a less amount and all the rest of it. But I'm like, oh, God, it'd just be sod's luck, wouldn't it? If I cancel my life insurance, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I'm, I'm keeping that on basically out of fear. Wait, you're keeping two on out I am. of fear? Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Does that mean you... No, sorry. You I'm, to- I'm, I'm, I'm keeping an extra one on, the right. lower one, mm-hmm. Um just in case, because it would be sod's law, wouldn't it? Just, just my family's luck uh, that I had to, that we did have two, and then he cancelled one, and then he went and he went and died. But hold on, if you're thinking like that, surely the logical conclusion is you've got to open another one. What to and live longer? I don't. No, I mean I don't want to live longer. No, but like it'd be sod's law, Simon. Mm-hmm. If having discussed on the radio show today that you were going to open a third life insurance policy and you didn't it'd be sod's law if you died tomorrow no i've got no intention of opening a third okay uh i'm going to just stick with with two one out of um you know uh i think it's a legal requirement for my mortgage mm-hmm. um and um one out of fear i wonder if they'd notice <laughs> actually no no obviously they wouldn't, would they? Because I, I'd still be warm before people, before my wife was making a claim. Surely, this could be a new feature on One Life Left. We could call all the people that we give money to regularly, all of the sort of uh, subscription services, and ask if they listen to One Life Left, and record it and put it on the radio show. <laughs> Just see how much you know, because we're giving them something. It's time they gave back. It's not, it's not too much to ask. Is it Netflix? I watched, I watch, I watch stuff on your show, uh, your channel. Um, what was this new story about? Oh, subscriptions. Uh, subscriptions. Do you know what? As well, this week I subscribed to YouTube Premium. Really? Why is that? Yep. Uh, my daughter has started watching YouTube on the on the TV, mm-hmm. uh, and um, she watches uh, children play with uh, Disney princess dolls, where they make up stories about them. I don't think they're canon, Steve. <laughs> um, they do get up to some very strange things. I don't think that Anna and Elsa's daughters are called Arnia and Elsia. <laughs> Nonetheless, there's a whole extended universe involving these characters. Um, 
Yeah, and it just kept cutting in with adverts all the time. So I just thought, I thought enough. Took one out. Mm. I have to say, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good if, if your daughter, if your child's now watching YouTube. Although um, she has now started speaking with an American accent now and again and saying like a lot. Um, I saw some graffiti today, Simon, in the park okay. where I was uh, being the Pied Piper of Walworth, and the graffiti. Uh, the graffiti said this, hold on, I'll read it out. The graffiti said, Eman here just wanted to say I like anime and that's okay. P.S. I use TikTok too much. And that struck me as a strange thing to write on uh, on a children's climbing frame. But then uh, my partner pointed out that the way that is phrased is like a YouTuber. Like, it, it be- like graffiti these days begins with a Hey man here, just want to say, like and subscribe. Wow. Mm. Kids, eh? <laughs> That's all I have to say uh, about subscriptions. All right, shall I do a new story? Do a new story. Okay, Final Fantasy fourteen. Um the other franchise of that company that done Kingdom Hearts, apologises for its broken housing lottery system. Simon, does that headline mean anything to you? No, but it sounds awful. What, <laughs> people in people in Final Fantasy haven't had anywhere to live. Apparently not. There's a oh, housing crisis. No. Uh, this is by Vicky Vicky Blake. It's from uh, Eurogamer.net. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen producer and director Naoki Yoshida has apologised for ongoing issues with the MMORPG's new housing lottery system that's preventing players from winning any land. In a post on the game's official website, Yoshida outlined what the team was doing to address the problem in which players were being told their bids were unsuccessful because there were no participants in this lottery or that the winning number is zero, even though no players can be assigned that number. Yoshida said this, We understand this is a major issue and we're prioritising our investigation. We're working to identify the issue in the corresponding programme. However, as the process is very complex and there are many patterns involved for the lottery conditions, it will require some time. We sincerely apologise, but we ask for your patience a little while longer as we focus our our efforts on the investigation. Um, So this, I know very little about this, but presumably um, you can get land in Final Fantasy now and it's being raffled out. Simon, you're a Final Fantasy player. Um, would you like to live in Midgar? Um, I mean, it looks very, very pretty in the remake. Mm. Um, and everybody in Midgar is sexy. <laughs> and every th- and everything is sexy as well. I like the 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 people, the buildings, the floor, the mm. the bushes, the chocobos. The chocobos are super sexy. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm sexy enough, actually. To I wouldn't be admitted. There would be. I'd, I'd buy a ticket. and They'd say the number of players is zero. Mm. So um, I, I don't really get this. Like, it, so it's an MMO, right? So you have uh, you have a place to you have a place to live. I guess you've got a place that you can you can build a house. You can decorate stuff in there. Is that right? Put the things you win. I, Sorry, to be clear, I, I, the only Final Fantasy I play is Seven. Mm-hmm, um, obviously, uh, uh, not not the MMOs. I don't have time for it. This sounds like a um, a fairly poor excuse. Surely, if it's a raffle, I mean, <laughs> even I think even I could organise a raffle. <laughs> Um, send them some of those tickets you get at Poundland. Well, if it says the number of players is zero, then you just make it, you know, players equals players plus one. <laughs> one person wins the house and then they move in. They can use the R&D function, right? Always a tricky one, that one, does it? Does it include the number that you're, that's in the brackets, Maybe Steve? that's or... their problem. Maybe oh, that's the issue. right, you're right. Yeah, no, it's R&D equals X plus one, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Dear Square Enix, do you listen to One Life Left? <laughs> well, we will find out on Wednesday, won't we? When hopefully mm. we shall see news stories saying that uh, that that the raffle issue has been relax- min- r- miraculously fixed. All right, next news story, please. 
Well, we're going to stick with Square Enix. Um, some some further bad news uh, from Andy Robinson. Babylon's Fall, the new hack and slash multiplayer game from Square Enix and Platinum Games, appeared to hit a new low this week. I'd be interested to stop the news story there, wouldn't it? Just speculate on what that low would be. It was spotted drinking outside a station. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> it was caught shoplifting some eggs. <laughs> no, um, its concurrent PC player count dropped briefly to just eight users, as noted by Tech Raider. The online game has struggled to attract more than 100 concurrent players throughout the week, and on April the 13th, it briefly dropped below 10, according to, st- to tracking site SteamDB. Babylon's Fall got off to a slow start on PC immediately following its release last month, peaking at fewer than 650 concurrent players on Steam on its release day. For comparison... Another live game published by Square Enix, Marvel's Avengers, saw around 28,000 concurrent players at launch. That game would eventually be branded as a failure by Square Enix's bosses. Another Square Enix game, Outriders, peaked at 125,000 players. The game was also widely panned by critics. According to review aggregator Metacritic, the title is by far the worst reviewed game so far on PS5 and the worst game of the year. Despite the game's slow start, Square Enix and Platinum Games have insisted that Babylon's Falls development is not in danger. The title's poor reception seemingly encouraged the pair to address its future plans for the title with a Twitter image published last month titled Is the Continuing Service in Danger? The post insisted that there are no plans to reduce the scale of development on Babylon's Fall and claimed the content up until the game's second season is practically complete with work on season three already started. In the future, Babylon's Fall will almost certainly be frequently used as an example of how not to launch a live service, opens VGC's review of the game. So how do we feel about its future then? Would you be confident now, Steve? That, that's, the, that's the we've got faith in our manager statement, isn't it? <laughs> We're gonna, there's going to be a new story within four weeks that exactly says, yeah without that um just uh to clarify what is babylon's for uh it's an action game from platinum um mm-hmm. uh again I, I i hadn't heard much about it prior to launch all i heard about it the first i heard about it was when people were saying hmm that's not launched very well is it so um in a i mean i'm, I'm not this game's target audience for sure i do like platinum games um but uh yeah um yeah, certainly not his target market. So it shouldn't be a surprise that I wasn't massively aware of it, but still um, didn't look like it, uh, it cuts through, shall we say. All right, here's another news story by Vicky Blake, who is a contributor to Eurogamer and now to One Life Left. Kojima insists Kojima Productions is, quote, independent, close quotes, after posting a PlayStation Studios banner that suggests otherwise. Uh, The body of the article says this. Hideo Kojima has shot down rumours that Kojima Productions may be acquired by PlayStation. It was Sony itself that sparked speculation after after a reset era. Do you say reset era or do you say resetera? I usually just read it. I can can, can usually read things without saying them out loud. Hmm... I can't. Do you do you not trace your finger along the screen as well? <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, reset era user noticed that the banner topping PlayStation Studios website had been updated to include Sam Bridges from Kojima's Death Stranding game. The banner also included a shot of Blue po- Bluepoint's Demon Souls remake, which was acquired by Sony last year. Despite the fervor, the banner has not been taken down. Suggesting, Simon, its change was neither premature nor accidental. Bam, bam, bam! Just a couple of days after the banner was updated, though, Kojima tweeted the very same image with no accompanying text, leading many to presume it was implicit confirmation that Sony had indeed acquired his studio. Later that day, however, Kojima was forced to post an update message apologising for the misunderstanding and confirming that Kojima Productions has been and will continue to be an independent studio. Right, what's going on there, Simon? Oh, well, something's going on there. Something's going on, isn't it? There'll be a new story within four weeks about <laughs> Sony Prince, yeah. 
I don't know. No, none of this stuff is ever accidental. It's mm. either it's either not quite. It's either somebody doing something early, mm-hmm. um, but uh, usually. Where there is smoke, there is fire. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's to me. It's so to me. There are usually two explanations for this, right? It's one party or the other trying to force the other one's hand, or it's a scheduled tweet. In this case, a scheduled series of tweets and changes um, that have been set, and <laughs> meanwhile, something has been held up in legal, uh, and. We will find out, as you say, probably within the next month what's going on there. Is that a good acquisition for Sony, do you think, if if indeed it's happening? Very much so, yeah. You have to look at uh, the moves that Microsoft have made. And, um, uh, yeah, there are... I mean, who <laughs> who would it be worse for them to lose, given their, uh, you know, and given their close relationship... Metal Gear Solid as as um, as you know this mo- the modern incarnations of it have been very much seen as PlayStation games. Mm. Um, Death Stranding was a was a PlayStation exclusive uh, before moving to PC. Um, you know you would have to think that uh, it would be Kojima and Rockstar who would be the two that would be an absolute disaster for Sony to uh, lose a working relationship with. So. Yeah, I would have thought um, those discussions have happened and on the evidence of the tweets, um, there'll be some news soon. Great. Uh, Final news story? Yeah, well, I I had one. um, So I was going to do two together, but I didn't manage to do it. One was about um, Babylon's Falls uh, eight players. Um, Congratulations to TT Games, friends of the show, Jonathan Smith, etc. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Um, had 82,500 concurrent users on Steam. Uh, an all Like a massive record for the LEGO games. Uh, so it looks like that one uh, smashed it out of the park. Congratulations on that. I've played a little bit. Not quite ready to review it yet. Um, but uh, well done, team, on that. Uh, last news story uh, from Video Games Chronicle. Again, Jordan Midler wrote, A journalist has claimed that Dead Island 2 could be re-revealed soon and released later this year. Speaking on his podcast, Sacred Symbols, transcribed by VGC, evidently a free one, Steve. Um, (laughs) Veteran journalist Colin Moriarty said, I brought this up a few weeks ago on the show, but Dead Island 2 looks like it's going to be re-revealed. He continued, I've heard from a source that I trust that the game may be fully revealed sometime this summer and released maybe shortly after that. Maybe... September or October, or October at the soonest. Moriarty is the latest journalist to cite sources who have told them that Dead Island 2 is on the way. Industry insider Tom Henderson also claimed in February that Dead Island 2 is still in active development at Dan Buster Studio and could be re-revealed this year. Publisher Deep Silver's parent company Embracer Group also hinted during an earnings presentation that the game was still in development and may release during the company's next fiscal year, which ends on March 31st, 2023. During a Q&A session in which the game was mentioned, Embracer CEO Lars Wingfors responded, I can't talk about Dead Island 2 because it's not announced as such from the publisher, but we have just talked about that. We have one unannounced AAA title that you think is Dead Island 2, so it's hard for me to comment any further on that. But I am excited about unannounced titles, he added with a laugh. Lol. Um, so there you go, Steve. Uh, Dead Island 2, um, which we all remember um, from being announced 100 years ago, mm. is going to be re-revealed. So that's not a thing. It's not a, a thing. It's not a thing. Can't re-reveal it. It's not a thing. But no. I, was, I was just, while you were doing that news story, trying to remember what happened. So Dead Island... Um, Big zombie game from back of the day, which was essentially made off the back of a trailer, right? The, or the game's reputation was made off of a trailer that dropped and the whole internet went crazy for it. Is that right? That was Dead Island? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, look, uh, this is uh, speculation, but uh, I, the publisher at the time, um, Deep Silver, I don't think anticipated the success of that. It was mm. it was the backwards trailer to the, mm-hmm, to, the right. to the plink, plinky plonky music. Um and the story goes that the reaction to the trailer was so strong that it catapulted the game up a level mm. and that they had to go back and add to it because it wasn't living up to the hype. And then I think in some ways didn't quite manage to. A mm. uh, lot, a lot of pressure on the sequel. That's right. And there was some, um, 
I think there were some bad PR missteps, weren't there, around Dead Island? And uh, was it was that the one with the the bus of naked zombies or something? Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yes, mm, something like that. And yeah, and then and then the sequel was announced. How long ago? I was just trying to look. Actually, let me see if I can find. Uh, the original came out in uh, 2011. So announced in 2014 was uh, Dead Island 2, the sequel. Um, <laughs> it says on the Wikipedia page, announced in 2014, the game has undergone a difficult development period, <laughs> which, yeah, you would imagine. Uh, so that was eight years ago. Um, uh, it says... Jaeger development was initially hired to develop Dead Island 2 in 2012, removed from the project in 2015, replaced by Sumo Digital the following year. Sumo Digital would also be removed, with Dan Buster, an internal studio of Deep Silver, becoming the developers in 2019. So, mm, so then you're going to do a, a re-reveal. They, they, they'll be asking us to get on it soon, Steve, what are thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. re-reveal coming. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't, I mean... You just have to hold your hands up at that point and just go, look, guys, eight years ago, we told you this. It's been a bit difficult since then. Here's this now, surely, don't you? And then just have a trailer that runs backwards again. <laughs> and then hope that everybody falls for it another time. Uh, maybe, they'll do it. maybe they'll do a trailer that runs backwards. Backwards. <laughs> it's the only, only way forwards, isn't it? All right, um, that's all the news. That's all the news. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Okay, you're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. Resonance is a station that broadcasts in London. It is absolutely, provably the greatest radio station in the world. We are very, very, very lucky to be broadcasting on it. We're also a podcast, uh, which you can find at www.onelifeleft.com. There you can read the show notes, kindly written and uploaded by our undercaretaker, Phil Thanks, Phil. Thanks for all your, hard, your recent hard work, wink, wink. <laughs> we sent uh, Phil a Amiga, didn't we? We did. I don't know if I've got some sort of reputation, Steve, on this show, but um, he dropped me a note and said, hey, just want, if, you're ever th- if you're ever thinking of throwing your Amiga in the canal, <laughs> throw it. he said, I might be interested in taking it off your hands. I said, you have to get in the canal and hope to catch it. Um <laughs> But no, I'm not going to be throwing my Amiga in the canal. In fact, I, what I've done in the shed, you can't see it. On the other, on the other side of the arcade machine, I've wall-mounted the TV, which has opened up another surface, but I've now got all my minis on it, Steve. Oh. I've, got the, I've, got the, I've got the Spectrum, Commodore mm-hmm. 64, Amiga, and PlayStation on there, none of which I'm going to play. So I remember you... I remember... In fact, this is what happened... 
I'm pretty sure, and this is provable because we've got the receipts as audio files on One Life Left, that what happened was the NES Mini came out and we both umdenard and decided not to because uh, because neither of us... The NES was not really a thing in the UK, so neither of us grew no. up with that. So we, nope. were both, we both thought it looked adorable but didn't go for it because we weren't interested because... And there was quite a lot... There was quite a fever to get it, right? There was quite urgency. And then the Super Nintendo Mini didn't... Isn't that the one that launched while One Life Left was... We were broadcasting. We were broadcasting and we both yeah. rushed. We were there doing our pre-orders while the show was going on and then you cancelled yours... Yep. <laughs> and I've got mine, and I've used it once. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't okay. regret cancelling it. We had one in the office at the time, and uh, yeah, I, I, I used it once then, and that was enough for me. Mm. And I've got, I've got the PlayStation Mini, which I've used how many times? Once. Yeah, once. Uh, I mean, that depends if you count the sort of long build-up to managing to get all of my PlayStation games, which I genuinely do originally own, own the originals of, onto that PlayStation Mini. So my PlayStation Mini has Pocket Fighters, and it has Parappa the Rapper and I'm Jamalami, um, and that weird Kuju tank racer game that I'm, for some reason, really into. And um, has, yeah, has all of those, and I've used it once since putting all of those <laughs> on and buying the equipment online and to enable me to do that and thinking, great, Good, done. Oh, ex- ex- exactly th- the same. So I've got them all on on the on the uh, on the top that's been freed by moving the TV to the wall, and I pushed the PlayStation button. And it went bong, <laughs> bong, and I went, "Oh, this is great, isn't it?" And then I and then I realised that um, a different menu came up because same as you, I'd flashed it to put mm-hmm. all of the games that I also own on it as well. Mm-hmm. And I scrolled through and I went, "Oh, blimey, right, yeah, excellent. There's Prapper the Rapper." There's a puzzle, Super Puzzle Fighter, yeah, brilliant. There's Metal Gear Solid, yeah, fantastic. Then I just turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> someday. The, um, someday. The, the, I mean, the shed's not wide, um, but even in it, the cables, uh, the, the DualShock cables are too short. Mm. Yeah, they are actually, aren't they? Yes. Same, so, same. so so, what I'll do is I'll buy some USB to USB <laughs> connectors so that I can not use it even yeah, though it's long same. enough. <laughs> exactly. I, I thought, yeah, maybe the thing that's stopping me using this is, is like, just make it a bit more convenient. Make it, so, make it so convenient it's almost harder to not use it. Yeah. And then not use it. No, not use it, yeah. Not use it. No, I have downloaded a load of Amiga games to uh, stick on the A500. I am looking forward to spending a bit more time with it, but yeah, yeah presumably I will need to move them to another service before I'm, I'm sort of happy with it all, but anyway. All right, it is time for the letters. Email, messages, and forward BCC. One life letters. Right, Simon, uh, as usual, you take on the... the well, I was going to say the physical letters section. What I mean by that is the email inbox, and I'll do the Discord. Okay. Uh, Chris Conroy writes, Dear team and SSG, in what could be interpreted by the cynical as a panicky attempt to turn around their post-lockdown misfortune, purveyors of elegant coat racks Peloton have recently introduced a new gamified mode of static cycle punishment called Lane Break. With strong audio surf thumper aesthetics, the rider gains points by hitting different different resistance and cadence targets while the virtual track flies past in time with the music. Whether this is going to be enough to convince people to keep up their spin cycle routines is debatable, but if nothing else, it may qualify as the only time an exercise bike has been used as a video game controller. Somewhere around the early noughties, I remember consultancies trying to sell the benefits of gamification to big corporations and sat in on a few silly meetings where bemused suits were earnestly told how concepts from MMORPGs would transform office life, as if office life back then wasn't one big Skinner box already. Games are much more pervasive now, of course, and influence culture in intrinsic ways, but what are your favourite examples of the video games industry camping out on someone else's lawn? Your corporate crossover correspondent, Chris Conroy. I'm not going to answer that question. But what I'm going to do uh, for you, Simon, is Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell a lengthy story for about, I don't know, I reckon 
at least a minute, maybe two, could be longer, um, that allows you to come up with a brilliant answer to Chris's letter. No okay? problem. All right. So um, in the early noughties, when I was a video game journalist, uh, I was writing for Edge magazine. I was also freelancing for PC Gamer at the time. Uh, I'm almost certainly told this story on the show before as well. Uh, but PC Gamer would get me to review the more arcadey games that came into Gamer uh, because it was unusual back then because PC games were mostly simulations or real-time strategy games or first-person shooters, that kind of thing. But if something came in with bright colours, Kieran Gillen would give it to me to review. Um, for a while at PC Gamer, I was also reviewing games. I would only give games uh, percentages that ended in zero. So I'd give things 60%, 70%, 80%. At some point, PC Gamer noticed that. And um, I think it was it was Ross Atherton said, Steve, are you just giving games scores that end in zero? And I said, yes. And he said, can you not do that? So from then on, I gave games all my reviews uh, marks that ended in 2% instead. <laughs> So did you so Which, did you nudge them up? Do you think, or did yeah. you, or did you nudge, nudge them nudge down? them up? Nudge them up. And so it was that I reviewed a um, space arcade uh, shoot 'em up uh, in two thousand and one for PC Gamers, a game called Space Tripper, a uh, really early indie game uh, in that sense. Uh, reviewed it and gave it ninety two percent, which was you know an outrageously high score. Uh, for a shooty-shooty game, or at least that kind of shooty-shooty game for PC Gamer. Anyway, I gave that 92%. And the reason this is relevant to Chris's letter is someone made a version of Space Tripper to be controlled by an exercise bike. Oh, very relevant. Mm. Anyway, what was the question he asked, and how are you going to answer it? Uh, the question was, um, what are your favourite examples of the video games industry camping out on someone else's lawn? Uh, which I think is him asking how, how what are the best examples of gamification is that right? Mm, I mean yeah. that's what I that's what I googled and the answer is zombies run, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, I yeah. which I would have come to if I'd thought but but it is uh, that's the um, running app that got my wife into running. Um, it's got a lot of other people I know into running as well. It game of it, uh, it you know I did the couch to five k BBC app. So it is what I used, and that was uh, boring, uh, but it worked. Whereas uh, Zombies Run gives you missions, uh, put, plays out a narrative whilst you're building up your stamina, uh, which involves you running away from virtual zombies. Congratulations. Thanks for the question, Chris. That was excellent. And I was very happy to be able to answer it so thoroughly. Hello, team. Hello, SSG, writes Weasel Spoon. Happy Easter. And with the coming of the bunny, I have to ask, what's your favourite Easter egg in video games? I remember as a teenager flying through a long tunnel in a spaceship type game and coming across a picture of the developers. It felt secret and silly and made me feel clever and sneaky. Pip Pip Robert. Ba 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 ba. Well, um, my favourite one is the opposite. Actually, it's not in a video game. Um, it's an Easter egg in a spread in, in a in an office product that um, opens up a video game. It's the flight simulator in Microsoft Excel uh, ninety seven. Uh, that if you opened a new workbook and put some specific commands in, it would open up a very simple flight simulator for you to enjoy. That is a sort of answer. Um, what I'm going to do is, so people who listen to the show uh, regularly may know this, but uh, uh, Weasel Spoon, Robert, is uh, Marioki's tech. He makes Marioki happen, uh, and we did a Marioki show this Friday at Loading Peckham, and it was great, and thank you to everyone who turned up. The next one is going to be on Saturday the 21st uh, of May. Oh, we're moving to a Saturday, Simon. Whoa, how comes? Uh, because you've gone prime time, you're going up against Ant and Deck. <laughs> we thought we'd like to do something in the afternoons as well—a matinee performance. Come uh, on! No, not a Marioki thing. So do some kind of board game or, or video game thing in the afternoon, and then fold that into Marioki in the evening. Uh, so we're going to do, you know, more information on that in the future. But we did this show on Saturday. Uh, sorry, on Friday, and Robert printed out all of the song lists, and on the front of the um, 
of the song list. He had Marioki written like this. I'm going to show you a picture of it. You recognise that there? That picture? Oh, like it's done on an old Sinclair uh, printer. Yeah. Oh, sorry, so it's not a Sinclair. It's too thin for that, isn't it? It's not a printer. It's a screenshot. But it's text. Oh. It's vertical le- letters. There's a sort of purple border, top and bottom, and there's text moving down. Can you read what the text says? Accredited by Warren Robinette. Yeah, Warren Robinette. And you know what that is, Simon? Go so on. he'd written. He'd written in the same font. He'd written Marioki. Uh, modded karaoke like that on the front of the Marioki song list. Um, it's an Easter egg, Simon. Why? It's too not just an, an Easter egg. It's the Easter egg from Atari's 1979 uh, game Adventure. It's the first Easter egg that he put on the front cover of the Marioki song list at Easter as an Easter egg. I so, wish I was him. I know. I know. Do you wish I was him? I do. I wish, and I wish I was here. I wish this show was just Robert writing clever letters in and him coming up with increasingly clever answers. Good work, Weasel well Spoon. Well done. All right, I think that might be uh, the only letters we have this month, which means we need more. Uh, sorry, this week. Um, so if you have any letters for One Life Left, you can do get them to us by... You can put them on the Discord. We have a channel called The Mailbag where you can you can find the Discord by looking in the show notes, which are at the website address, www.onelifeleft.com. But there is an easier way, an even easier way, to write to One Life Left, and that is by emailing... Team at onelifeleft.com Right, we're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance FM, the greatest radio station in the world and the longest-running video game radio show in the world, which, you know, is really, really good situation to be in because it means we don't have to, have to adhere to quality standards. We just have to keep going. That's it. <laughs> very, we're very happy to do so. You're we all are. very welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> very welcome. Um coming up to the review section it feels a bit early simon yeah has anything else been going on this week then so obviously you did marioki yeah i did marioki and that was fun uh i'm looking forward to moving to saturdays for that because that'll be exciting we, we obviously began on thursdays uh sort of six or seven years ago at our residence in loading moved to fridays on to saturdays which means uh give it a few years we're doing a sunday show Wow, so we'll be be recording One Life Left during Marioki. (laughs) It's inevitable. Won't it? Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know that anything else has happened to me in the video game world apart from the the game that uh, I'm going to review, which I suppose we could do now. Could do. All right, Simon, do you want to begin and talk about what you've been playing? Yes, so as I mentioned, uh, I've been enjoying Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, I've been playing it on Switch, um, and it, it's the first game, I think, that's had family-wide interest, uh, where um, I've, I've started playing it, my wife wants to know when I'm going to stop playing it, and even Dexter's been asking about it as well. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yes, I've been, uh, dipping in and out of that. I'm quite busy at the moment, so I've had a huge amount of time to play it. Um, but I was lucky enough to receive a review code this week for, um, another Switch game, Formula Retro Racing, um, a game that had been out on Steam for a while. I first came across it when I was working on Hotshot Racing, um, a few years ago, um, as, um, both are, um modern takes on retro racers uh and so um hotshot racing um originally was uh the product of a very very small team that eventually got moved on to a much larger team um which is a different story in itself and i always um formula retro racing when it was announced was i think again maybe one guy well uh or a one person studio i think and um 
yeah, it always looked it always looked lovely. I never got around a chance to play it on PC. Finally got it on Switch, where I believe they've added a couple of things. I think the new cockpit view is uh, is new to the Switch. So it is a um, eight track racing game. Looks like a modern version of Virtua Racing, although it does encompass other types of games. There's a circular track, so that's very much Daytona. There's a a forest sort of rally track as well. Um, it's uh, it's no uh, no gimmicks. Um, so it's out and out racing. You get three classes. Um, you accumulate points to unlock a couple of extra tracks at the end. Apart from that, there are three classes to do. It's quite the the AI is quite aggressive, um, but it's just a it's a fun racer. Um, on Switch, it runs mostly at sixty frames a second. You get the option to turn off um, environment animations, and that actually makes it run always at sixty frames a second. So it l- looks great. I, as a as a racing game player, always play from cockpit view, Steve. Always play from cockpit view in racing. Always invert my Y on um, first-person games. Those are the two defaults for me. Um, and so very pleased to see it here uh, and have been thoroughly enjoying it. It's got a couple of extra modes. It's got a Grand Prix. So I've been playing arcade. It's got a Grand Prix mode. It's got um, an eliminator where I think the last person uh, across the line is is uh, eliminated. I haven't played that yet. That's why I've got that wrong. It's just really good. It's a really nice, quick, no frills, super slick Um arcade game that is quite hard on beginner and is really hard on advanced uh seven out of ten so i bought a new pc i know you did young steve what did you get uh i got a corsair one. Ooh, did you is that is that better than the corsair 360 and it's fancy uh, and it's nice, and I, I, it's it's a treat because I've been working really, really hard uh, over the last six months, and um, I needed a new PC, and it needed to be small, and it needed to be fast. I, even though, really, Simon, all I play are indie games about emotions and block-pushing puzzle games. That's it, right? And <laughs> despite that, I need a new PC, a a fancy PC with a good graphics card, because occasionally there is a modern video game that I want to play, and I don't currently have a, uh, you know, next generation console. And so I spent a lot of money on this this computer, um, and immediately started playing indie games about emotions, right? Um, In fact, the first game I played on uh, on the PC was (laughs) not an indie game about emotion. Well, I guess it is in a sense. Uh... The most indie of indie games. I played Untitled Goose Game, um, right? Which I've never actually properly played before, so I played that. And it what is, does that look like with ray tracing? <laughs> quite. This is a really beautiful goose. Just beautiful yeah. goose. Um, so uh, really enjoyed that. Seven out of ten. And the PC is nice and it's quiet and it's. I'm happy with it. And. Then I went to the cricket, and I couldn't stop thinking about a game. And so I came home, and I decided I was going to play the game, and the game is Elden Ring. That's what I saw you were playing, Steve. <laughs> Steve is here playing Elden Ring. See? <laughs> Someone's stolen his computer. <laughs> it's going to ring you. Are you right? Yeah. So... So I played Elden Ring how long ago? Like four weeks ago? Did it come out? Six weeks? Something like that. Um, and I think I reviewed it on One Life Left and said I didn't get it. It's just got the most obtuse user interface. It's punishing and cruel and it doesn't let you get into the game. I think we laughed, didn't we? You told me, I don't know whether you told me on the show or afterwards, that the tutorial area, in order to find the tutorial area, you have to throw yourself off a cliff into a waterfall. Like... The only sort of thing you would do, the only reason you would do that is if you had played from soft games before, from software games before, and you knew that was the sort of design decision they made. But the only people who need that tutorial, which is quite bad, right? It's quite a bad tutorial. The only people who need that tutorial, the basics it teaches, are the people who would come to the edge of that thing and go, no, 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 I'm not going to fall down there, I'll die. So this time I went through the tutorial. 
and it didn't teach me much because as you pointed out it's a bad tutorial it's very bad it, you know it's, it's also easy to just skip parts of it like um and i decided to uh this time sort of class myself a, as a magic user which again leads to loads of questions like am i coward in the right place? coward I'm fully coward yes coward I just want to stand at a distance i don't just want... don't even wear any trousers steve that's how you're <laughs> supposed to play elden ring what's the matter with you um and yeah but i decided to push through and i googled a few things like how the game works right some things that it should tell you in a short tutorial and i started to understand the basic loop which is you gather these runes right these runes and you gather those to a point where you can level up and up to that point you're always risking but at that point you can go and bank them simon it's like who wants to be a millionaire <laughs> um which i believe is a uh, <laughs> analogy I stole from uh, a friend at the cricket. Um, it's like who wants to be a millionaire? So you, you have these runes and then at some point you bank and, and then you're safe, Simon. And then you can go off and explore and die a bit more. You never lose your equipment. I didn't know that before. None of this is really important except to say I have now proceeded far enough inside the game that I understand the central loop, the thing that keeps you coming back to a game that's making me right now thinking about, ah. Oh, Right, when I go back to it, I'll go over there and I'll do this. And then I'll be able to go and get... Simon, I've got a fireball spell I'm saving up for. (laughs) And I'm still early in this game, like really early. And it is huge and I'm lost most of the time. And I think it is all of the things that I accused it of being before. It is deliberately opaque, but like the UI UX has no real excuses for being as rooted in PS2 era functionality as it as it is um for example uh, to bring up the map you press the kind of back button right in all games that i've ever played if you hit the back button again it takes the map away again but in this it doesn't it goes it one it more quits menu. and deletes your save it does. <laughs> that'll teach you uh yeah it doesn't do that and i don't think i'll ever learn that there's plenty of other things like that that catch me out all the time most of the time i die because i'm battling against the controls that won't always be the case maybe depending on how long i persist but right now it seems to have got me in the same way as any of these games get me the, the clickers and the, and the sort of core loop things and i'm eager to go back to it so there we go wow how many uh how many of the bosses have you killed uh i think two or something two big enemies um mostly from a distance uh, so, yeah well that's the, that, that's the whole point of a, of being a magic class isn't it is that you can just skirt around the edges like like the coward you are well they leg it at you and some of them throw things at you so it's not really fair it turns out they can use magic back at you so is what? it that's what i was hoping for i like i i am enjoying the just exploration the the, the voice acting i don't want to call it bad but it is bad in the ps2 era sort of thing but maybe that's a style thing the, there is no there's no attempt at making the characters look like they're talking to you at all. And I, I sort of quite like that in a weird way. If I was if I was still hating the game, I think I would hate it. But I guess that's a, the point, right? As soon as you start to feel something in a game, you start to excuse more of its deficiencies and understand what it's trying to be. Um, for me, it's, it's absolutely a 7 out of 10. How very open-minded of you, Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Proud mm. of you. For uh, going into it and uh, not dismissing it immediately. Kingdom Hearts um, next. Oh, imagine. <laughs> plot plot twist that would be. Yeah, I'm still waiting um, for a, a Steam Deck before I start on Elden Ring, although my backlog of games to play on the Steam Deck is ridiculous, so whether I'll ever get to it, who knows? Mm, it does. It plays really nicely with the joypad as well. It is a good, you know, it's a good console game for a PC, if you see what I mean, so... Yeah, it works. It works really well for me at the moment. Um, but you know, who knows? Next week I might be reviewing it again. Uh, I did have I did have one other thing to say. Um, oh yeah, you know, browsers these days. Sometimes when yep. you open a new tab, it gives you loads of suggested stories, clickbait stories. Uh, what, other... what what have you done now? <laughs> it's not me. This, this feels like an excuse, Camille. I don't know why that's there, but it is. No, it, 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 you know, well, you'll understand the relevance when I tell you the story it flashed up the other day. 
The adventure game puzzle that was so bad it has its own Wikipedia page. Oh, Charles Settle. <laughs> is the headline of this. And I clicked through, so excited to, dis- to, to see if it was. And the first... Uh, the first thing on there is a, a bit about a particularly infamous example can be found in Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, in which would-be pirate Guybrush has to use a water pump to drain a waterfall that's blocking... I was like, I'm not I'm not here for that. Um, scrolled down, scrolled down. That's nothing, it said. In another point-and-click adventure game, 1999 Gabriel Knight 3, there's a puzzle so stunningly, legendarily bad it has its own Wikipedia page. I was like, oh, really? This is that? Is it? No. Luckily, I also scrolled a bit further down and it said, and then there's Broken Swords infamous (laughs) goat puzzle, which also has its own Wikipedia page as the premier example of annoying adventure game puzzles. And does it say um, who wrote Broken Sword? And does does it fully credit credit his his current status? It does not. It does not. um, (laughs) It does not link into him. Unfortunately, this is an article rather than Wikipedia, so I can't edit that. But um, it's always nice to think of Charles, who who was lovely to see at GDC, wasn't it? Lovely to see, indeed. I've got nothing else to add to that story, Steve. <laughs> Me neither. Certainly, certainly not on the radio. Right, uh, that was good. It was good to speak to you. Uh, I think we've reached the end of the show. We have done organically as ever. Thank you, Simon. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Resonance FM for hosting us. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back in a week, won't we? We will. Till then, goodbye. <laughs>